What are some beliefs that each of you has grown up with that has impacted who you are now? I grew up in a very strongly religious household and it was a strength of religion as well as faith and I'll come back to why I'm mentioning those differently. But one of the main things that I took away from my childhood was that to my parents um, and their peers, um, God and their, their faith in God was more important than anything at all. And that included uh, me as their son. Um, so if I didn't want to do, if I didn't want to live my life in the way that they lived their life, then it wasn't really a, a decision that they would accept. And that meant that when, by the time I got to my mid-twenties and I really just couldn't do it anymore, I couldn't pretend anymore that I would, could, could fit into that lifestyle. Um, and I had to step out of it. I was, um, I suppose, the excommunicated is the, you know, the technical term for it. And my family and all the friends that I had at that point said, right, see ya. Uh, that's the end of that. Um, we will have no social contact with you. Um, and, and the message was very clear from that, you know, that despite that blood relationship and the strength of family, their belief, their faith said that, no, my bond with God is stronger than that. And as difficult as it makes life for everybody, it's the way it's got to be. So I suppose I take two things from that. One, one is strength of character. And I really appreciate that about my parents. That My dad, not so much, but that, you know, who likes their dad that much? <laughs> uh, but my mum and my grandma, it, was, it's, it still hurts you know, that, that that's in the way. But I do appreciate that strength of character. And I also appreciate that in a world where you can get away with cheating a bit and you can get away with a bit of dishonesty here and there, that they are absolutely straight down the line about what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and they stick to it. So, you know, that's the good side of it. The hard side of it is is not being able to be as close to my mum and my sisters and my brothers as I would like to be. And I, I force the issue. They say, you know, we'll not have contact. I still go down to England and turn up and say, hi, I'm here to see you. And let them deal with the, you know, their, their responsibility in that. Um, and for a number of years it softened. Of late, the, their faith has sort of been prodded a bit, I think, from their church and they've rejuvenated their hardline stance. So, um, you think they've been a bit more liberal? I, I, I think they'd got into a pattern of, you know, they knew I wasn't going to change. Mm. They know I don't believe in God. My mum loves little kids, so, you know, when I had kids and I got married, I'm on my second time being married, but they were very pleased when I got married and had these little children, so mum couldn't help herself, but, you know, uh, these are our grandkids. So that had softened it a bit, but then 
Um, I think for issues to do with their faith, it's kind of, the, there's a, a wall being put up again. Um, and interestingly, for myself, I'm, I'm quite at peace with all of it, as you can probably tell. You know, I'm not angry about it. My little brother, who followed a similar path, still very angry about it 15 years later. Um, but but f the thing that's really annoyed me about it of late, uh, I suppose, is that the last time I went down, I took my daughter to see them, and she was three at the time, so she wants to see Nana and Grandad. And arranged what time I was going to go and see them. My dad went out, you know, specifically went out so that he wouldn't have to see me. And for me, that's fine. Don't care. But to do that to a three-year-old who's travelled, you know, four hours in a car to see you uh, was, was made me really cross. So I've, I've had a resurfacing of some of these issues that, you know, that the religion side of it causes, not the faith side of it. Because for me, I, I love the idea of having faith. I don't have it myself. Or maybe I do in different things. But where religion dictates stuff that that's hard for people to do and they follow it without thought or without reason or without really believing in it, then I find that a difficult concept to get my head around. But yeah... For me, I, I love that faith brings difference, and it and it and people of true faith are, are not combative with it usually. In in my experience, um, it's people who follow dogma and and have to be right, and have everybody else be doing what they're doing. That where the tensions come. I don't know how, whether you agree with that. I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, and I like the fact that you differentiated religion and faith because I totally recognise that. Um, unfortunately, um, religion gets a bad press because faith is absent or the understanding of faith within religion is absent. Yeah. Um, and when you separate that, then you do get this dictatorship type fundamental viewpoints. It's a black and white you know, what side are you on? You're either with us or you're against us. And it's very much lines are drawn and, you know, you have to pick your side sort of thing. Um, and also you're challenging the divine. It's not just human being. You're dealing with yeah. the creator, the one who created you. So you've got no competition there. It's different <laughs> if you're competing with another human being. You're not. You're dealing with the divine and that's it. They'll just, you know that above anyone else and that's obviously I think um, growing up I can't say we were in a religious household we were just knew that we were Muslim um, didn't really practice it as such my parents never really practiced it as much um, I think the only person who perhaps quietly practiced it would have been my mum but she's quite silent and just done her own thing and kept it to herself um, and upbringing, you know, when my mum was here was very difficult for her because English wasn't her language, culture was very different. She came from a village from Pakistan, it was a completely new world for her. So she had other things to deal with anyway. And um, my dad never really enforced anything about that. He was uh, trying to be the provider, establish a safe place, a, you know, a home for us. 
make us financially stable. But I think there was a time when um, I wasn't in my teens yet. I was still like uh, 11, 10, 11 years old. My dad made the decision to sell his business here, go to Pakistan, I discussed this before, and set up a business there and, s and tell us all to let's go back to Pakistan and live in Pakistan. Because he's from Pakistan, he thought, yeah, you know, um, financially I'm secure, now let's go back, I've done what I had to do, we'll go back and settle back in Pakistan. That wasn't going to happen, obviously, because we don't see ourselves as in the Pakistani culture. We're Scottish, we're born and bred here, and that's what we best know. Uh, and that's what we identify with. So when he went away, there was this kind of uh, period of time where we never had a father figure. So we looked for some elder, someone else to give us direction. And my mother would kind of indicate to us, why don't you go to the mosque with the other young guys and stuff like that. And the reason she said that was perhaps because in case we fall into bad company or the wrong company, at least there's some sort of good guidance within a mosque or within an institute like that. So yeah, we went there, we got involved with the youth there, we got taught about certain things about our religion. I didn't really understand it. I just done it because apparently I'm a Muslim and I'm meant to be doing these things. And that was predominantly the way I kind of took on the understanding of my religion. Um, and then there was a wild days where I just kind of want to experiment and be out there and just do my own things. So I rebelled a lot and stuff. But once you mature, you get over that. Um, you think, what am I doing? I'm like, what direction am I going? This is just a waste, enough's enough. I need to wisen up a bit now, I need to grow up. You know, and I kind of came late on for me, to be honest, but, um, you know, it was just purely like just getting so fed up with everything and um, looking for that. And it was one person that I met that changed things for me and my understanding about everything. And um, he was someone who was very much... Uh, very learned, very scholarly in our religion, in Islam. But his perception was something else. He, I understood him, he understood me, he understood the, the society. He was very refreshing, he was very moderate in his way of thinking, he was very accepting of everything and everybody. And I'd never, never understood that, perceived that in my religion, teaching of religion prior to that. So I sat up and I paid attention. I was like, this is quite good. And the more he explained, the more I connected to that idea and the more it improved me as a person, my personality, my values, my ethics, all those things, it was always positive. So I thought, no, this is taking me towards a positive direction. And that's why I adhere to it. Um, and I see a lot of benefits in it, and I'm still learning, I'm still going through that process, but for me, definitely, I mean, I'm quite devout in, in that sense. Um, and if you understand faith and religion properly, 
in its true sense, it dictates humanity and it dictates recognising people for who they are and giving them their respects and giving them their due as well. And for me, I'm quite content now that I've got to that space. As I say, I'm still taking things in, I'm still learning, it's a long process. You I think you can never stop learning. Um, you just keep seeking uh, knowledge and understanding these things. But certainly that's my direction that I'm certainly going in. I don't know if I could say I could fully understand mm -hmm. what faith really means, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think if I'm being really honest, um, I think I have an idea. Um, and it's funny because I'm not, I'm not religious, um, but I think I appreciate the good things that religion and faith brings to the table, um, you know, for the way that it helps people to live their lives and to respect others. I, th I appreciate that. Um, I think that's a good thing. Um, I suppose I could say that I have beliefs, maybe, is probably how I would phrase it, in the sense that the thing that I believe in is, and this is going to sound totally stupid, but I believe in karma, mm -hmm. and that's something that I live by, right? So although I don't believe in religion, I religiously believe in karma, mm -hmm. right? And I really truly believe that what comes around goes around, mm -hmm. and that's how I live my life. Um, so although it's not about a larger thing, yeah. it's about that's how I conduct my life and that's yeah. how I treat other people because I really believe that what comes around goes around. Yeah. And I think that that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for people to have something um, that they can use as like a, a, a sort of a guide for the way that they live their life, to be honest. Um, because otherwise you're just sort of drifting aimlessly without something to sort of steer you in the right direction, do you know what I mean? Um, I grew up Church of England. Um, I went to a Church of England primary school. Uh, I wouldn't have said our, our household was religious at all, to be honest. Um, my mum was definitely probably more religious than my dad, probably similar to what you were saying, I think. Um, you know, she just sort of got on with it in her own little bubble and my nan would like make us go to like Easter church when we were dancing her and all that sort of stuff um, but I never really sort of I wasn't really on my radar and then I went to secondary school which was like a uh, non-religious school and I don't know it was just completely off my radar until uh, they weren't doing sixth form went to a sixth form college which was part of a Christian school um, and part of the application I was like well I know what the application is like to apply for that school and you have to have like a reference from I want to say a vicar I don't know if that's the right I can't, this is my understanding of it do you know what I mean um, one of those guys yeah and, uh, and I was like well, I don't go to church and so then we asked and they were like, oh no, you don't need to be religious to come to the, to the sixth form. I was like, okay, fine. Um, went to the sixth form and then because it was a Christian sixth form and I'd had such little exposure to any religion, 
but they had like church services and all this sort of stuff and Eucharists that were going on. And I remember going to a couple of Eucharists and I was sat there and I was like, this is not, mm. this just does not connect with me at all. And I was like, I'm just way out of my debt sat here. Like, I don't know what is going on. And I remember I just went to one Eucharist and I was like, I can't, I just don't think I can go to that anymore. Cause it's just, it's not me. Mm. And, um, and I drew a line under it after that. And it was a friend of mine who was actually from that school. He was the one who first told me about atheism. And I had no idea. I was just like, I'd heard these words. Never really occurred to me, to be honest. We had a conversation about it. I thought it was funny considering he was the one that was at the Christian school. <laughs> and I'd gone to the non-religious school and he's like talking to me about atheism. <laughs> and I'm like, right, okay, this is new. Um, and uh, yeah. And that was that, really, I suppose. And, uh, I, yeah. But then I've got friends from all walks of life. And I worked in Malaysia, which is obviously Muslim culture. Had many, many conversations with my Muslim friends out there about their religion and faith. But personally, I think having a belief to back up the way you conduct yourself is a, is a good thing to have. That's, so that's my... So karma is what I use. So if I'm ever bad, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to come and bite me in the ass. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. I think myself, I was brought up in a religious family. It's funny you talked about karma there, because my mum always, when I was young, the one who said to me, always be nice to people, because if you not come back to you. Will. Always come, even people, animals, whatever it was, yeah. make sure you're nice to people, because I always say God's watching. But if you don't um, be nice to people, it's always going to come back to you one yeah. way or another. Every action has a reaction. Every action has a reaction, yeah. So I see what you're saying that. So it's a bit like the Yaki as well. My mum was kind of more of a silent person, but she was much more gentle in teaching. So that's why I always felt on my mum's side. But dad was, I wouldn't say rough or anything, but he was a bit more to the point. But still, I wasn't in any like very strict way at all. But being young and I was growing up as well, there wasn't many English speaking, you could say, um, teachers. It was in Urdu or other language, so I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, so there was a bit of a detachment from all that as well. So when I was getting grown older in my teens, to feel that I connected with it as much because, well, I don't understand what's going on. And second of all, yeah, just didn't feel that connection. And then when I got older and older, I think it was my twenties, that's when I started meeting a lot of people, English speaking, say, scholars or individuals. And that's when I felt big for shift. I was meeting people like, like I could said, there's, there's certain individuals that I met as well where I had quite a big impact. The, the, the viewpoint they're coming from was like, oh, that's quite a modern view. That's quite a, a view that I can actually relate to as well, mm. you know? Myself as well, I feel pretty much Scottish. I'm not, I'm a background Pakistan, but I'm more Scottish. So I'm talking to people from Scotland who are religious teachers. So I, I really connected. I'm like, you get me, I get you, and all that. So it's like that. So I think from there it changed. And like you're saying as well, talking about the faith and the difference and all that. So I, I see that. It is, that's a, a big, because people think don't understand really the difference there. Um, I think with that, meeting people that I can connect with, I can, I, I took from as well. 
I've learnt a lot of stuff. I'm still learning. I don't think there's anywhere you stop. It's a continuous thing, you know. And I think even my parents, even when I wasn't very religious at all, they didn't really treat me differently. You know, I'm, I'm quite, I think, fortunate on that side. Um, but, I mean, I think particularly what my mum said to me, watch what you say to people, was always hung with me. So every time I've done any action, whatever I've done in life, I've always thought, okay, what's the consequence of not doing this, you know, so. You, your parents almost just turned away because you didn't believe in what they believed in. That, that I've seen that even in my own experience, when I went to mosque and people had these staunch, pretend to be orthodox uh, believers, and, um, they're doing more damage than they're doing good because generally uh, religion, whether you, you know, e e the, the, the people, it doesn't matter what religion it is, it always, the message is always meant to be good. It's always meant to be for benefiting humanity. And I think in some instances, people approaching any religion, especially I've seen a lot of like young Pakistanis growing up and then getting a, uh, a taste of that orthodox religion and running away. They've just thought, this guy's hardcore and his approach is not great and his message isn't great either um, because really what they, they, they're doing is almost like dictatorship-like. Um, you know, they're feeding, force-feeding it, putting it down your throat and putting it in your mind, almost trying to make you believe without actually get, letting you realise and make your choice yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of get it, because, you know, if you've got a faith and it's, and it's built into religion and you've, you've got the whole package, let's yeah. say, yeah. I totally understand that, you know, you feel you're right, you believe you're right, this is the right way to live my life, it has benefits, why can't everybody else see that? Yeah. So without wanting to be devil's advocate too much and say, right, one side's got to be right and the other's not. Yeah. I mean, my own personal view that is, you know, if I did have faith, then my version would sound like yours, you know, that, that God will look after that stuff that I don't understand yet. Yeah. You know, so I don't know why there's different religions, yeah. but that's not my responsibility to sort out. I'm a human and I, and I live a good life. Yeah. Um, so that would be where I was at. I think if I believed in God, but maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'd be a really hard line, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. I can't yeah. sit in the same room with you, yeah. Um, yeah. which obviously causes problems and is yeah. the. And I, and I suspect there's, there's quite a bit of macho masculinity yeah. driving some of this as well, because it's, yeah. it's usually, well, up to the last tiny few years in religions, it's been all about the men, hasn't it, being in charge? So. Um, but I suppose one of the things I really miss about it, and Luke, you referred to this um, a bit, I think, is, is the community sense of it. So when I left, and, and you know, it was more me leaving because I didn't really know anybody outside of my religion. Um, I really struggled without the community support of, of friends, of elders, of people. You know, a lot, a lot of older couples in the church who were really kind and wanted you to do all right you know they'd watched you grow up from being a baby 
and they had your interests at heart. Um, so I, I really struggled for a few years of, you know, how do I build a new framework to put my life in without that thing that's been there for 20 years and has been unquestionable because you weren't allowed really to doubt it. Um, but the benefits were massive in terms of people being looked after and cared for and, and watched over. And then, you know, people cross that line into being nosy and suspicious and and judgmental, which we talked about um, earlier on this morning. The, the, that really strong community can be really judgmental when people aren't living a, a perfectly normal life. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, there's so much to it, isn't there? I think that the aspect of um, when you follow a belief that you think you're right is a really bad example, you know, in terms of people should not be that way. Unfortunately, you do get people that think that way, that they're right because it's a divine message and you can't challenge, you know, <laughs> the one who created the whole, who are you and who is God who's created this massive universe and so on. And it, 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 it's a shame because um, we should be accepted for who we are mm -hmm. and we should be accepted for the journeys that we go through. Mm. And if I can give you a message which is good, then great, I'm happy with that. And I, if I can, if I, for me that's uh, a contribution from my faith because it's those values that have driven me to recognise that to understand that, to recognise you as a human being with your rights and that's it there's no condition, it's yeah. not that you need to sit here and you have to agree with me or I've, I've took a little dislike to you because you're not a believer in, in a particular faith certainly not and the, the people that we kind of learn from now and they teach us it's it's very refreshing because their message is first and foremost is um, servitude to humanity and caring for humanity and that comes in different forms just listening you know just sitting or providing or going helping with food banks or whatever it may be in whatever shape or format is the people of faith who are who have unconditional regard for other people yeah. they're always in there at the food banks, yeah. at the disasters, yeah. you know, helping out. Yeah. Um, but then seeing that people with no faith, they're also just as oh yeah. compassionate <laughs> and, and just as, you know, committed to these things as well. And it's heartfelt for them as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like you said before, just about being human. That's really it. Yeah. And that, do you have to have religion for that, or faith or not? It's just, it's costly everywhere. So what determines your code of ethics in living your life, be it religion or otherwise, religiously based? Weirdly enough for me, the, the thing that I come back to a bit like, you know, we mentioned karma is, is the thing from the story of the Sermon on the Mountain in the Bible where Jesus said, do as you would be done by, um, you know, so I have a responsibility and rights in my life, so do other people. We need to treat each other as equals of value. And for me, it's as simple as that, really. I don't, you don't really need, I don't need anything else to, to have a framework for action anyway.
it's like I was always taught was told this concept that God created everybody equally. So there's no difference. Yeah. So if I want to be treated in a particular way, why not show it to someone else and vice versa? So kind of like yeah. And how has that impacted your life? I mean, it's refreshing. It's good. I mean, I mean, when you do help somebody or do care for somebody, you do get it back one way or another. It might not be in a subtle way. It might not. It just comes back in different ways. So you feel it. So the message of being told, you can see it happening in front of you. So when I was working in Malaysia, we worked on a couple of projects, and then after we worked on a couple of projects, um, myself and uh, two of the guys that were working on these projects went to Cambodia for like three days. As a kind of, hey, we're finished, hey, what's going on, you know. Um, so, um, in fact, it was, there was four of us, that's right. Um, now, one of the guys was a Muslim guy, and I won't mention any names, but we had what I would describe as potentially not a heated conversation, but possibly a heated conversation in a bar. <laughs> Obviously, I was drinking, he wasn't. Um, and it, it stemmed around, and it wasn't, it wasn't that I was annoyed with him, to clarify. I was just frustrated at what I understood was his situation. Because we had this conversation and religion, religion came up because the other two guys, um, one guy uh, was from, I think his family was originally from um, India. Or Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, yeah, I think his mum said. Anyway, I can't remember. And then there was um, the other guy, Chinese. And we had this conversation, but they both didn't believe in religion anymore. And this religion came up, probably an unwise topic of conversation at the time anyway. Um, and, and I'd said about my experience and I'd said that, you know, it kind of got to a point where I made the decision that, that it wasn't for me, right? And he said, well, it's not an option for me. And I was like... <laughs> Who are you to decide? <laughs> it is an option for you. Yeah. And he was like, no, it's not. And I was like, yes, it is. And, the, and you can see how this went, right? And I was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, okay, well, I'm telling you now, it's an option, so there you go, now it's an option. <laughs> and he was like, it's not that straightforward. And I was like, so what you're basically telling me is that in your direct society where you live, you're telling me that you cannot give up your religion because what, you'll be basically kicked out and he was like yeah and I was like I don't like that you know and yeah what about that sparked a chord I, I, to be honest I, I didn't like the lack of control that that he had around that situation 
and that frustrated me immensely. It was kind of like what you were saying. Do you know what I mean? That's a part of that scenario that I don't like. But that scenario, in my understanding of the difference between faith and religion and where you start to put politics on top of that or, or surround uh, governance or with theology, it doesn't, it doesn't really work because you are telling people that they will do things in a certain way rather than allowing people to find their, their, their faith and prove it to themselves over time. And if you keep religion out of politics, you don't hit that situation quite as badly. You'll still have communities that want you to grow up in the way that they have decided is the right way. Mm. But there isn't that extra layer of, of all-pervading civic control that there are in quite a few countries that are that have declared themselves to be you know absolutely christian or muslim or um in india you have i think you have states that sort of declare they'll be hindu or they'll, or they'll be muslim or sikh even um but for me it's that where the problem lies is is for trying to force people so do you guys feel like you have an op an option is I suppose where I was getting towards with that because um, I'm trying to understand like the difference in yeah, like his so situation yeah so at the start I, I totally got what you said where we were expected to believe without question mm -hmm. and that didn't suit me and that was almost like the guy saying to you you don't have a choice yeah. because that that is just the way it is there's they're so ingrained in their, in their idea that they're so right that how can you not possibly conceive that? Mm -hmm. And even if you don't conceive it, I'm telling you, mm -hmm. it's almost that stubbornness of like, you know, it's like... I like it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that. so I never really uh, internalised religion deep enough at that time because I didn't agree with it. And... I kept myself kind of arm's length. I just was in, just went enough to kind of show face and show that I'm kind of still a Muslim because I'm still coming through the mosque door mm -hmm. and coming back out. Mm -hmm. So I'm just doing my duty because it's, it's expected of me. Mm. But as I say, when, when you meet true people of faith, they'll enlighten you in the sense of they'll help you understand and they'll take you through a journey and that journey is for you and you only. Mm -hmm. It'll be different from Sman, it'll be different for yourself. It's never the same for, there's not one uh, remedy for everyone mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of it. And so when I met this person, he's seen me, seen my condition, he's seen my level of understanding as well. He didn't start speaking to me academically. He knew, you know, I'm just like, uh, layman's term and he you know relate with this guy and then so his interest he he uh, recognized my interests and built a sort of commonality between us that we can have this shared communication and through that we then kind of started this dialogue and it was very refreshing because I wasn't told what to do, I wasn't told what to believe, I wasn't expected to be a certain type of Muslim, I was left to discover that myself. This is why 
you know, the, is, and this is the benefit from it, and that's it. Now, it wasn't now do it, or now practice it, mm -hmm. or now preach it. Mm -hmm. It was there it is, and it's up to me to take it or to leave it. Yeah. It was my choice. And for me, I've I, I seen the benefits in it, and I understood. I gave it, I invested enough time in it, and I reflected upon it enough to realise this is the way I do want to go. So, y those kind of um, pig-headed kind of individuals, you're always going to get, and I guess you get that in any 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 yeah. kind of um, faith-driven yeah, um, societies. Yeah. I mean, mine's quite similar to yours. Yeah, like um, it was more grown up. It was a lack of understanding. Some of them just believe in something, faith in something, I don't actually understand what's going on here. Only when I got older that I actually um, met individuals that I synced with and spoke in a way that I couldn't understand what's going on. And then I had my own kind of organic kind of journey and I was my own kind of, I was asking questions about this, about that, like, so I've kind of found my own way in a natural way. And then, yeah, so it was always, so I thought couldn't control what's going on. When I was young, there was house householders actually was fine. They were just going out and people were like, you need to pray. You know, like, why? You just need to pray. But, but why? But, you know, so, but there was no one to answer questions. Yeah, really. Outside, only when I was getting older, speaking to individuals that I just think of, you know. Uh, do you think it was. Um when you found your voice, that then you started uh, questioning this and decided that, you know what, I'm just going to tell them as it is, this isn't for me. Because before that, perhaps, were you... I, I knew very early on as a child that I didn't believe in God. Mm. I, I just never got it. I, I loved the Bible stories. Yeah. I loved Samson. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and <laughs> King David and all them, and Daniel walking through the fire and all this stuff yeah. that's in the Bible. They were, uh, as a little boy, they were my first superheroes, if you like. Um, but even, you know, I would say six, seven years old, that in my heart and my head, I thought these are stories and I just don't get this praying stuff that people do. And, I, and over the following years, more into my early teens, I suppose, read more widely about whatever I could read about in terms of history and philosophy, and as you do when you're a kid. Um, so, but the years from sort of 15 to 25, those 10 years, most of it I'd I pretended to be somebody that I wasn't, and I don't. I, looking back, I don't know why I did it. There was um, there was a holiday that I went on with my parents when I was fifteen, and I'd just done my GCSEs, or O levels as they were then, and I spent a lot of the week with a family that were, you know, they were interested in why my parents were religious and why I wasn't with them in the little town we were in and I was and I, and I was quite open with them about it and they talked to me about you know leaving home going my own way going to university 
and I just had no I didn't have the capacity to do it I'm not that kind of person or I wasn't that kind of person as a teenager so instead of which I kind of threw myself I suppose at, at fooling all of those people around me that you know I was part of their world and, and did all the things that I was supposed to do just without the substance underneath it so you know I did I was involved in religious ministry work I, was, I got married very young because you weren't allowed to have sex outside of marriage so you, there was no going out with people and you know, experimenting it was very closely monitored so I was married very early and then divorced fairly early because of that um, but it got to a point in my early 20s where I just I couldn't be two people anymore and I went a bit nuts I suppose and off the back of that I want to say I, I felt I had to man up in the current context um, but no it, it reached a point I, I just couldn't live like that anymore and I had to make a change and it was very drastic and, and it took a year from saying to my parents and the elders in the, the, the congregation that I was no longer doing this and then it all started falling apart a bit and you know, because everything was a bit of a sham it, it really did unravel um, so it took a long time but I, I, I think that's like I say that's the, the the other side of that so close strong caring community how do you step out of that into nothing because there really was nothing I had work colleagues but never socialised with them. I went to work and I did my job and I went home and I didn't go to work's dues or Christmas parties or anything. You know. So I had no friends outside of that world at all. And um, yeah, it just it just took a long time to step into nothing. Just reflecting what you're saying there, um, I think part of my newfound faith was that old style of teaching and that old method of the orthodox we're right everyone else is wrong kind of ideology that i didn't kind of attach to and when i refrained from it or questioned it i would get backlashes from that as well yeah. and so i understand it's it's like you're almost like cast cast out of that whole society that community that's built but for me that couldn't be real religion for me because, you know, if it's teaching to be, you know, have humanity and to care for individuals and so on, then what happened to it? At that moment, where did it go? So, you know, there's something extremely wrong with this. And, I, and I'm thinking, if, if, is this, this can't be divine message for me. Divine message is for all. Um, and so that was perhaps why when an individual came with a new kind of, not concept, it's, it's an old concept, but in its truest form for what I believe, then that kind of woke me and that was my kind of moment where I made that decision and I thought, yeah, the values, is it? yeah. I mean, everything that we're dis discussing here, I can relate to it through what I understand from my religion. So it's not alien from me in any way whatsoever. 
I mean, I have to qualify this with that, you know, if I went to my parents and said I'm in trouble, or if I was in Luke's situation from earlier in the conversation and I rang and I said, I'm really in trouble, I need your help, they would help. Yeah. So, they're not bad people. No, no, no. Um, and I, I, I suppose I cling on to that, to some respect. Um, and I've tested that out because I had to, um, and and I, and I wasn't let down. Like I say, until until fairly recently, I did, I did feel, you know, that I could go and ask for help. And I suppose now I would hesitate to do that from my experience over the last year or two. Um, but no, I, I, it's a really complicated thing. There's bad apples within it. There's dogmatic people within it. Like you say, I don't believe it's a divine message. Yeah. Like you can't. I, yeah. I think it's the wrong kind of setup. Yeah. But there are people within it who really care, who get it right, who go the extra mile for people they don't know. Yeah. So it's not as black and white as it as it seems. It should be on the surface, I suppose. Be like Leica and husband and, and learn it for yourself and do it at your pace and be who you want to be because it fits and it doesn't do any harm and it makes you content and it makes you a better person. And as you've said, you know, you, you don't need to be a Muslim, you don't need to be a Christian for that. You find your own way and, and we can all be ourselves in that and, and do nobody any harm. You know, if you're choosing a path for ultimately the rest of your life, I think you should do it the justice of doing the research, speaking to the people and making an informed decision, not just, yeah. not just doing what you're told. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, make your decision yeah. and give yourself the respect to do your research and decide what you want from that. You know, like you guys did, like we all did, I think. Um, there, there is a risk in it, unfortunately, as well. Right, go on. So, like, if you go on this journey and if you attach to an individual who's not given the right message, but he's out of his manner and way he speaks, he's made you convinced that this is the way, mm -hmm. you can get trapped into thinking that this must be the right way, the way he's speaking and, you know, the, the context of what he's got. Because you're so driven towards finding that truth, you attach yourself and almost become loyal to the him and you don't want to upset them. So you just continue that same without questioning him. And then you become an individual where he's exactly the same, a replica of the person that you thought that was teaching the right message. and. I mean, you still have to go and do that. You have to have that that journey anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes you have to just step back and think, is the message overall um, a good message? Yeah. Is it, do you is, not is think that that's an awareness, that that's an understanding and being savvy to know that that's a possibility? No? What am I, what am I missing then? Like, being blunt, what are we talking about? So following, following another man rather than finding God, I think. Well, you're finding God, but you thought you have to find God through that individual. Right. 
Does that matter if it doesn't do any, any, anybody any harm? But if that person is then not given the right definition of what that religion is, then you end up being... Yeah, because I don't know if I understand because I'm not... So I'll give you a simple example. In the US, we had David Koresh. David Koresh was a, uh, a person who was a leader of a movement, mm -hmm. but it was really a cult. And he was so magnanimous and so inspiring and so enriching and charismatic that people gave them gave him their money. Is this, like, is this like the Kool Aid guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched it's that documentary. Yeah. It's like that. Right. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, as we call it in the states. So, if you're if you're following a what I would call a false prophet, you're then signing up to their dogma. But not signing up to the message they're promoting, for example. So the message is more important than the false prophet. So what are you really looking for? Are you looking for spirituality? Are you looking for religion? Are you looking for faith? Are you looking for values or ethics? Whatever you're looking for should be what you're seeking. If someone yeah. is able to offer it, okay. even better. So but that shouldn't be the source like of your guidance. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think to clarify what I meant, I, I, I think I more meant speak speak to your peers and yeah. yeah not so much like seek out yeah. someone who professes to be like yeah. I don't mean that I mean like do your research yeah yeah, yeah. like um, god I wouldn't even know where to start finding somebody like that to be yeah. fair yeah. Um, but I mean like do your research yeah. do you yeah. see what I mean yeah. like when I suppose when I first decided that I was not gonna believe yeah I didn't just sort of one day just be like, oh, I'm just not gonna believe, like, you know. Yeah. I actually started to speak to guys in my peer group about yeah. it. Yeah. And I just was like, what do you think about this? What do you think about yeah. this? What do you think about this? Doing a bit, all right, okay. And then, and then sort of eventually, I mean, I remember having quite an ex extensive conversation with one of the guys at work, even just about different religions and what they all, what the differences were between them. Cause I was like, I and I still don't, really fully understand it because it's such a complicated subject mm -hmm. um, but I think that's important to do that and mm -hmm. I think that I think that people should do that if you're going to choose where you you know where you sit I think it's worthwhile doing that research and to make sure you understand it um, yeah I suppose my point is not necessarily to find a person yeah who's going to be like join our cult <laughs> sign up today and give them <laughs> <account details>. Yeah, <laughs> drink this potion. It's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe saying anything different. I think what you're saying is, do your own research, mm -hmm. use your own initiative as well. Um, watch it for charlatans. Yeah, man. <laughs> be savvy. Sav you know, totally be savvy. There's no rush in it. Even if it takes you a month, years, or whatever, take your time. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, completely. Uh huh.